friends, welcome back to another very special episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their doll magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my barely stapled back together plastic murdering co-host, Alex Dandino. Oh wait, I'm wrong, you're all rubber, baby. I'm all rubber, baby. Is that the next movie? Or is this movie? <laughs> guys, we did it. I'm sure you guys, if you're listening to this, already know, but we are on Patreon. We have so much cool stuff to give you guys. If you show up to Patreon, if you do $1 a month, we have five, we have four tiers. If you do $1 a month, you get access to the Discord where we're just talking about shit all day long. I'm posting <laughs> random photos I find. Griffey is. We got lounge vi- we got lounge stuff like all kinds of oh, all kinds yeah. of cool stuff. We do bi-weekly Zoom, bi-monthly Zoom calls where we're hanging out just talking about bullshit. I think like way back towards the beginning we it's like not. we're solving the deepest crises of cinema. It's been bonkers. And that's right, guys, for $1 a month you can join the fun. Uh, and then the fun thing is about the uh, tiers as they go higher. You get to actually select specific movies yeah. and specific episodes you want us to do. Yeah. Uh, I know we've talked about doing some deep dives on a couple episodic anthology TV shows, perhaps Tales from the Crypt, for those of you who are here for our October madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have been talking about Black Mirror, maybe some live commentaries, watch alongs. Yep. Guys, the point is. We got a lot of great stuff coming. We want to earn your dollars, right? We're not just asking for handouts. We want to earn these dollars. So uh, for those of you who have been patrons already, we love you. Thank you, guys. You know we love you. Uh, For those of you who are about to be, thank you as well. All right, a little more business, Alex, before tonight's Horror Mega Madness. Please. Uh, Please leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially if that happened to be Apple Podcast app. (laughs) That's a free way. Five star, a couple sentences. We can fight back against the algorithmic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I have a Chucky. Yeah. So anyways, we're going to Chucky the algorithmic overlords and get back on the the upswing. Gather all y'all in this podcast corral. That's definitely not Chucky. Guys, go to YouTube. Subscribe to our channel, Film Alchemist. You can see video versions of most of these podcasts along with uh, other fun content we put up over there. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Or find us on all the socials you're on. That's a great way to get a hold of us if you want to talk about anything. Talk about the show. Talk about maybe becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash Phil Malcolm's pod. I heard mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's where you can uh, get a hold of us, guys. Oh, right. That's enough business. We had to catch our breath and, and spin the wheels on some business. Before continuing our descent into the abyss of October, our horror movie mega marathon we do every month. Mm-hmm. 31 days, 31, 31 pods. pods. All right, guys, we're in. We're all the way free-falling today. Child's Play 4, also known as The Bride of Chucky. Oh, yes. This one, this motherfucker, no, <laughs> this movie, it is... I, I'm not going to lie. This is one of my favorite entries in the Child's Play uh, franchise. Because this movie saw the potential to just absolutely make an essentially borderline pornographic Looney Tunes film. And they didn't shy back. They absolutely went for it. And so it becomes 
probably the most unique and unusual entrant that also still somewhat works as a movie in the <laughs> Child's Play <laughs> franchise. Alex, what are your opening thoughts on a uh, Bride of Chucky? I, I I love Bride of Chucky, honestly. It, it's like it's a weird thing because this is these are not really my movies. Like I actually the Child's Play movies are they truly like there's a level that just kind of makes me nauseous about them a lot of the time. I have no <laughs> idea what that is. And I'm not entirely I'm not entirely certain what that is mentally for me. But Bride of Chucky comes at this time in making like in just like filmmaking in general. It's like the early two thousands and Again, like, I don't think this is a weird thing to say, but like, I don't think anybody still understands like the catastrophic in a good way effects that the Matrix has on the rest of the film industry after 1999. (laughs) And this is around the time, though, also in the horror genre where like the concept of like the bigger horror villains kind of starts to go the way of I think we've said it a few times. Looney Tunes. We're talking like. Freddy versus Jason, Jason X, um, uh, Halloween Resurrection, H2O. Like, we're trying to figure out what the next evolution of all this is going to be. And Bride of Chucky comes smack dab in the middle of all that. It's directed by Ronnie Yu. And, of course, he like, of Freddy versus Jason fame. Right. So it has. But the, and this is like the crazy thing about this movie, though. And this is always the stuff that trips me up because, honestly, it's very hard to keep track of in a lot of ways. So this movie was made nine years or ten years later. Mm-hmm. Ten years after Child's Play 3. However, in the timeline of Child's Play, it only takes place, is it a year or a month? After no. Child Child's Play 3. It's been, because she says it took me ten years to find well, you. It, well, no, hang on. It took her ten years to find you after he died in Child's Play 1. But oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Timeline-wise, I believe it takes place a year after Child's Play 3, at least it's supposed to. Which is weird. And kind of doesn't make any sense. So it makes the movie that much more odd. And I never kind even of, thought of that, yeah. Kind of, like, I, I was watching the movie trying to, like, kind of refocus it a lot. Because, obviously, there's, like, change technology and stuff like that. But that really doesn't bother me in this movie at all. Because, quite frankly... You're so drawn in so quickly by like the conceit of the film and they don't, this movie does not waste time. This is another thing that I really actually love about the child's play movies is all smack under a, an hour 30, they're all under an hour 30. <laughs> and like by the time you're hit, you're hitting 40 minutes. You're like, we're about to just be on a mad dash. Aren't we? Like I've stopped. I, I've stopped multiple times in movie in these movies, like at least through three bride and seed now i have stopped the movie just like ironically at 40 minutes and have been like oh my god there's only like 50 minutes left to this movie and i feel like we have not covered as much ground as we should have i'm like that's because we live in like this new era where every movie has to be two hours long like don mancini and whoever's directing that movie which we'll get to in the next one which is him but don mancini and the team are just cracking down on making sure like we really don't need ex- extraneous shit. The star of the show is Chucky and now his bride to be Tiffany. Uh, but yeah. it's a, it's a fucking fun movie, man. Like it's a blast and it's yeah. got a lot of fun stuff. 
Well, it's also because it starts off very tongue-in-cheek, right? We see oh, yeah. uh, the chainsaw and the hockey mask and Michael Myers' mask are all oh, in yeah. evidence. Love that. So it, we're placing Chucky in the Pantheon, right? Right. But also they're in this dusty old locker. This is kind of that, as you're saying, this gets back to the, like, these guys are about to be mothballed so we can get into Saw, Hostel, mm-hmm. Japanese, Curse Films. Like, these kind of things are now running totally. the running the show, as it were. And it starts with this kind of unusual crooked cro- crooked cop. He gets murdered because he's so curious about Chucky, right? Right. Um, so there's still this kind of mystery about it. And it's it's just fucking mad. It's it's insane after that, right? Because so we get a cop kill into the, the mangled remnants of the Chucky face. A Hello Dolly. <laughs> yeah, so we get a Hello Dolly. Jennifer Tilly is this woman in black, and then we just crank up the Rob Zombie living dead Dude, doll. I texted you the minute <laughs> I was watching this, and I'm like, I will never turn off a movie that starts with a Rob Zombie like soundtrack, like needle drop. Like that yeah. is gonna get me in my ass in the seat every time. But like the way that that intro, by the way, like the cop the cop pulls up, the way the whole bit is shot is awesome. I, I love I love the throat slice in that. Like, it's his, sl- his throat gets sliced. He drops, like, out of the side of the car and just uh, the pool of blood under him. And then you just come right across and there's Jennifer Tilly, who like, I think Jennifer Tilly's wonderful in these. And she's, like, the perfect voice for Tiffany. I'm not yeah. sure. And I think after this was also postbound. So she's, like, still this, like, dangerous dangerous sex symbol in a lot of ways, which is really fascinating and actually plays into seed a little bit uh, later on. But the movie itself is so starts off with such a hit like that. <laughs> that plus Rob Zombie is just like I I was in. Well, it kind of lets you know, like we're still doing some of the chuckiness, but you can see some of the uh, the kind of monster energy tour fucking bullshit's <laughs> creeping in right like now chucky's sponsored like you might as well water. have like yeah you might as well have like a little dirt bike vest under his fucking you know thing. this is gonna be hardcore but then we get to the trailer and we get back to some of this kind of good world building of chucky right right so not only have we announced chainsaw michael myers mask jason mask so whether they are there as characters themselves. They are there as fictional characters who have inspired other crimes. Right. They mention in the trailer Mickey and Mallory. With they do. Bonnie and Clyde as if these are real human beings. So mm-hmm. now they're incorporating natural born killers into this universe. Yep. So you start thinking of this fucking wild world that we're in. And I think the idea of, because this gets into the the phenomena, right, that we talk about sometimes in documentaries about serial killers is these monsters crimes come to light and there is this unusual rush of women who fall in love with them and want to write them let women and men, right? Yeah. Want to write them letters, want to get close to them. They get married. Like Manson got married on death row and he was old as fuck. Mm -hmm. You know, this happens a lot. And so I think the idea of the woman who is drawn to the dangerous nature of this that's a really funny fucking place to start, right? And of it's course they undercut it start. immediately with the uh 
Voodoo for Dummies book and uh, yeah. the Hot Topic Killer. Whatever. There's the a fuck lot that of these was. like really weird tongue in cheek bits at the top because I, I agree. Like it's a really good. It's the natural evolution of like whatever this is because like you got to give it up for Don Mancini, man. This guy has written all these movies at this point, and like for him to know exactly where this has to go to like live too, to keep going specifically, that takes skill as a person who isn't like. There's a level of like lack of preciousness with it, I think, that is really impressive when it comes right. to the child's play universe. Because I think in the hands of anybody else, and like you and I write, we talk about that a lot on the show. Like, you know, I wouldn't be able to determine like, all right, I'm just gonna like throw this whole thing caution to the wind <laughs> and basically make a comedy out of this yeah. whole thing. Because well, yeah, it's, you're right. It's hard not to just go back to the greatest hit. Totally. Absolutely. You know? And that's exactly what I think is fascinating about this movie coming out at this time cuz really the other bigs were hitting it at the greatest hit moments. Like Jason X was like in Jason in space, but like it was still the same shit. Like we all knew what was going to happen and I love Jason X. But mm -hmm. like they were not trying to tread anything new. This is something that's really fascinating about the Child's Play series is you can throw a lot of weird shit in here and the universe itself is so accepting of it. Because but that's, there's that's not what I mean, right? So do do a thought experiment with me. Of the major franchises, which franchise has a major a monkey wrench bigger than this in the middle of their franchise, right? Not yeah. Nightmare. No. Right? Dream Warriors is not the same kind of shift, right? No. New Nightmare is not the same kind. Of, none of that, right? Friday mm -hmm. doesn't have... They have one where they just do the... It's not Jason. It's, uh, you know, Sad Dad. Right. That's not even close to right. as big as the fucking Monkey Rich as this one. No. Uh, Halloween, no. Phantasm is insane, but no. So that's what I mean. Like, go through the major other horror... Scream, no. Scream, no. Like, Scream, again, is like a big meta... The Conjuring, meta no. Conjuring, no. So that's no. what I mean, like... Of all the franchise, you'd have to go deep to find one where at the fourth entry, they just, I mean, Children of the Corn actually might be the one, if I could remember more clearly, because that one goes insane. Yeah. Because I think three or four now we're doing Urban Harvest. So that one, but like, anyway, we, we're getting the Children of the Corn but someday. See, Children but, of the Corn, though, has this built, Children of the Corn is built in creepy, though. I think this is a really important thing about what makes, sets Child's Play apart is like, yeah. Children of the Corner are always going to be creepy. It's very difficult to keep a killer doll dangerous, I think. And that, I think, is really fascinating because it shouldn't feel dangerous. Like, it doesn't feel super dangerous after the third one. You're like, well, we got a little shticky and a little schlocky. And you're like, but it was fun. Like, I had a good time watching the movie. And I think that's what's really important about Bride of Chucky is it gravitates so far into that concept of like, how entertaining can we make this? That right. It, but it doesn't like make the kill. It doesn't make the kills or the actual like horror of the situation any less entertaining. If anything, it heightens the shtick to the point where you're like, oh, wow, the horror in this movie is so much more disturbing because like it's almost based around this pathetic like love that these people kind of have for each other, but don't it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. And this is what I would say. This might be the child's play movie where, you know, the, the horror absolutely barely exists. It barely needs to exist. No, right. This actually all. plays like this very strange 
uh, fish out of water movie, right? This mm-hmm. is Bob Hoskins walking into Toontown, <laughs> right? Where there's like, it doesn't make sense anymore, right? right. So we, we start off with this serial killer lady. She's doing the voodoo for dummies, which that was one of those things. I was like, Dumball is forcing himself into the real world now. Right. And the moment she does that, Dumbala decides she's going to fucking suffer like Chucky, right? Right. So it adds to this weird, Dumbala's becoming a very fleshed out and scary deity to me by this point in the series, right? But You're not wrong. Then, But it's funny because then the Hot Topic killer comes in and you can see like she's been fooling around with him. And then when we look down again, Chucky's not there, but I'm pretty sure in the assault, I'm pretty sure that a cheeky art department bastard drew a big dick. In the salt where Chucky was laying, right? Maybe we're to believe that was Chucky doing the dick on the way out, or maybe that's Dumbala drawing the dick, and he's like, it's coming. Right. And uh, But we get into this, so there's a, a weird menage a Chuck, right? So we're going to we're gonna fuck on top of this fake killer. Menage a Chuck. And, and we see that they were thing, And then they unveil this next part, though. This is the Bride of Chucky clutch moment, right? So we reveal that she was his lover, when he was still in human form, Charles Lee Ray. Right. And that she thinks they were going to get married. And Chucky and just the all-time kind of reawakening. And again, we always do this. This is the one where I really was like, what are these souls doing between movies? I have to know. Right. Is Chucky's soul trapped in a, I don't know, good guy's cartoon universe, right? Like, there's a great beat in Dragon Ball uh, Z, if you used to watch that. Right. Where they're, they're, one of their biggest enemies, Frieza, gets killed and goes to hell. And his hell is he lives in a land of infinite cuteness. And he just sits there mad, stuck in a cocoon as these cute creatures like live a cartoon life around him. Right. And so in my mind, I'm like, is that what Chucky's doing? What the fuck is he doing? Right? And then he wakes up and he's like, oh, my ex. And some guy is like, he's not man enough for you. So we're already doing the dick jokes again. Right, of course. And we busk into the... The Chuckiness, but that little bit, that little fucking window of what was Chucky doing before he takes in this first sight, it makes you think for a half a second that maybe Chucky's even taking it in. Like, maybe I shouldn't reveal myself to these people. Like, maybe this has gone too far. You know, it's funny. I've thought about this over the last, like, really over the, I mean, since we started watching these back in what, May now, I think. I thought about this and. It feels like a Ra's al Ghul thing, actually. Like, does he, like, <laughs> stick with me here. Does he, like, wake up like it's the Lazarus Pit and do, like, what the fuck? Like, running around, scampering, and then, like, he gets his bearings, maybe, and then he's, like, gotta, gotta kill. Maybe the kill is, like, the reset moment where he's yeah. actually, like, all right, I'm Charles Lee Ray. I'm stuck in this doll body. Like, that, I think, is, like. It's such a fascinating thing because I've I, I agree like I, ha- I the whatever that gap is where you're like why are you playing hide and seek that is like, I agree it's always weird to me. Well, imagine the threes, right? Is he in a world of nothingness? Right. Is he in a heaven or is he in a hell? Right. Is right. there a better punishment for him like that Twilight Zone episode where Chucky goes to heaven? Right. And it's just all stabbing buxom ladies and whatever, and then he gets pulled back down and he's you know, in Cleveland steamer position on top of the hot topic killer. And he's just like, damn it again. Like I'm fucking back again. Right. And there's a real pitifulness. And then they double down 
because Chucky wasn't going to propose to Jennifer Tilly. And then just the classic shithead move that he is, he starts mocking her. Yeah. And this is where we find out that Chucky gets is able to be locked in a baby's crib, right? She had a nursery. She thought they were going to get him back and start their family, mm-hmm. right? So she has some real... She wants to take the monster and domesticate him, right? It's a really right. weird... This isn't some psychosexual thing like Mickey and Mallory, as they mentioned. No. This is a domestic full house fantasy. Right. And she locks him in the crib. And watching Chucky sit impotently in the crib, right? Hearing People hearing him outside screaming and just being ignored. Typing naughty words on the little children's toy. Yeah. This might be the most... The biggest indignation he suffered in the series yet. Oh, but just constantly reminding us of the hellscape that is being chucked. Yeah. I mean, by far his worst moments have been the fact that he's had to like deal with basically being a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. I mean, she just like when she locks him in there though, and he's cause he's screaming, he's doing that Brad Dorf thing. And his little fingers wrapped around the handles, and you're like that's so fucking pathetic. Right. That's yeah, no. so 100% pathetic. It, it, honestly, you're sitting there and you're like, this is so, it's it's weird. It's not sad. Like, that's not the way I would put it because he's clearly a bad person. <laughs> but <laughs> you almost, you're like, oh, dude, is he going to be locked in a cage for the whole movie where we have to deal with this, like, crazy person who's just, like, clearly dude. infantilizing him a little bit? I'm not, okay, before we move on and talk about the movie we got, would it not have been awesome to get misery a la Chucky? <laughs> I mean, come on. Chucky tries to escape, so she pops his little doll legs off. You know what's like, weird? My, <laughs> I thought about this because there's a – so there's a – I can't remember if it's a – it's probably a direct-to-video direct movie. I don't remember what, but, like, my – I saw when we were when I was a kid, we were walking through the uh, we were walking through the Hollywood video in my town, and I saw a post. I saw um, a, a jacket for a movie where a, a woman was in a box, and there was just a man standing over it. And I was like, "The hell's that?" And my dad was like, "Oh, I saw that on TV one time. I'm like, what is it?" He goes, "That guy amputates that lady's limbs and puts her in a box." I'm like, "What the fuck? You watched this?" He was like. <laughs> It was on. I'm like, okay, well, that's whatever, Pat. But, like, I thought about that. I was like, how fucking rad would have been? The, would this movie have been almost cooler if it would have just been, like, him fucking rattling around in a box and she's just, like, subservient to this Oh, absolutely. woeful love she has? Like, I, I think it would be an awesome movie, actually. Well, because what happens is, is you everything happening in that trailer was absolutely working for me, right? The yeah. opening's great. Mm-hmm. The trailer's great. And you have this weird truck, Chucky is a prisoner, yeah. to the bad choices of his past actually catching up to him, right? Right. Um, actually, I don't know if she's a bad choice, per se. We find out that she's also a serial killer. I mean, she's just the choice that makes sense for Chucky. But it's him, like, lying to her, right? The ring was from a victim, so that kind of yeah, is like the, the bad choice time. he made, right? Oh, yeah, that He's part, leading yes. her on and being a shitty guy. I don't now think he's he realized he was leading her on, though. Like, this is this is a really fascinating thing. He didn't right. intend to. Like, he was going to hawk the ring, obviously. He's like, I thought I made it clear that I look at you as subhuman trash. Right. My bad. My- Laughs at her face. Anywho, I don't feel bad for Chucky, but what no, happens is, is we hard cut to 
just a really fucking weak lifetime team melodrama story, right? Where it's star-crossed lovers from, you know, different classes. Right. The we got a cop who's overprotective. Who's the redeeming by quality John being that was John Ritter. That is the redeeming quality of this whole Not event. able to do John Ritter stuff, except no. for when he is like partial corpse, and then you're like, that's John that's Ritter John bringing Ritter. his A game. He's killing it. <laughs> I love that, that scene that's... when he explodes out of the bench is fucking great. It's awesome. And you're like, that's the John Ritter. I that's don't want to see him be like a dickhead. I'm your guardian until you're 18. Fuck you. Where to go? So we, you want to go back to the tub? You want to go back to. I mean, we have to address death like, in the tub. I mean, it is a really good death. Like, that's a really good. It's a really good death. That's a really fun death. And like, not only that, like, it also took Chucky, like, a, only a day to break out of the uh, playpen. He used the ring to saw his way out. Right, and I think that's another thing too. <laughs> it's it's kind of symbolic, right there. He's using the ring to get his way. Little does he know. <laughs> Marital bliss does not find Chucky in this movie. Um, you shouldn't have put a ring on it. That's the lesson yeah. of this movie. That's the, le- that's the lesson of Bride of Chucky. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I just wanted to bring... I, I love... This is one of my favorite kills in the movie. And then, yeah, like, that was a fantastic death. While she's watching Bride of Frankenstein. While she's very... watching Bride of Frankenstein. I That's, like, actually... Um, and I love that shot when the... Uh, but the little TV pops up back out of the water and you see just the eyes underneath the, <laughs> I love that shit. That's just fucking rad. Well done. Yeah. But this is the thing though, right? So we're that the movie sets up on this really strange narrative, which is following these two star cross lovers who actually don't seem to love each other at all. No zero chemistry. They in cannot the stand each other. Which actually pans out when they begin to turn on each other, right? Yeah. Which is kind of the funny unwritten thing of the movie is Catherine Heigl's this mansion-dwelling orphan, right? Like, I'm so sad. I'm, you know, my parents, blah, blah, blah. And, the, yeah. you know, the overprotective police dad. Well, clearly, her life the is horrible. The moment shit hits the fan, she's pretty ready to be like, ooh, I'm going to turn in the poor and yeah. go back to mansion life. <laughs> and she, she seems pretty comfortable with that. That narrative, right? And so mm-hmm. we watch them turn on each other. And it's this weird descent of both couples. And I think the movie's trying to tell you that maybe Chucky and Tiffany's bond is stronger. Oh, 100%. It's not, a, <laughs> are they trying to tell us that? That's what they're telling us in this movie. In fact, I sat there the entire time being like, I actually hope Chucky and Tiffany succeed and replace these two because they do not deserve the human bodies they're in. <laughs> like... I didn't because personally I was like, I could not do another movie with those two characters. I am all the way out. I couldn't, do another, I, couldn't do another movie. Movie. I couldn't do another movie with those two actors at least. That was not my yes. favorite. It's not my favorite Katherine Heigl film. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> also, I don't have a favorite. So, But I, <laughs> it's just such a weird like. I, I didn't understand. I'm like, is that part of the magic? Is that part of the Dumbala magic, though, where she they have to pick two lovers? No. Well, this one this one changes the rules of the series as well, because now we're on the hunt for the amulet, right? right? So now we've changed it to where we're not pleading with Dumbala, which is how she even did it in the Voodoo for Zombies book. Right. Now we are all we got to do is find this amulet, right? Right. And then we'll you just call upon. Right. Yeah. Because I don't know why these people, I don't think it matters. I think they just appear. This is almost, again, 
these two people just being forced together in this van right. and, and it's good just enough happenstance i it, it feels that way honestly and right and then there's almost this kind of weird thing where you feel like the the forces of nature are congealing right because after needle nose gets blown up right and chucky yeah, that's just awesome chucky army crawling over flipping off the stoner i was like this is good chucky right yeah. this is really good because we've been having this debate about is he too out of style right the movie's having the actual debate right can these slasher 80s guys make it in the 2000s and she's like oh the knife's old-fashioned use airbags and nails and you're like yeah that's a pretty good kill at this point yeah. i do like that better but then you just see chucky being chucky and you're i'm back on the all i need is my guy Right. routine right so you watch this kind of back and forth but you watch the way that these police and the witnesses are fingering and pointing out that oh those two teenagers are the killers right and so you start to see oh shit so they're gonna take over already infamous bodies right this is right. kind of the thing we don't talk about in even child's play one is that what's gonna happen to andy in child's play one or two is that he's going to hit the system and if Chucky wins, he just hits the system and keeps killing. And people right. are just going to – they're not going to realize that he was right. They're going to say, see, we told you. He was a right. broken child. So it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And this movie's dabbling very much in that. These two are already infamous. Mm -hmm. If they get to that cemetery and take over their bodies as normal, they're just going to keep driving around and killing. Right. Right? So it, it's this – it feels like they're setting them up already to be the perfect vessels on the journey. Now, whether that's intentional or not, who knows? I think it is. I mean, it's happened literally every single other movie. Like it's a bit <laughs> like it's part of the, it's like part of the mythos of Chucky himself is like, it's not just enough to take a body. You have to, you have to build the character to go into it. You know, I think that's a really fascinating thing. And that's I why he spends all the extra time burning everything down around them. Well, that's what I like. You isolate that person. You isolate these people. You make them think that the only person that is ever going to believe anything is the, the fucking doll. So, like, why would they really give a shit about it, like not giving up their bodies? Like, clearly nobody gives a shit about them. Isolating these people is what Chucky does best. So when it becomes a thing where he's like, I'm going to take a little kid over like in child's play three or in this one, like I'm going to take this fucking dipshit with a stupid fucking American Eagle van over. Like, God, I hated that van so much. <laughs> like I've never noticed like the embroidery, like the decals on that van before, but man, today I was just like, fuck this guy. God, I hope he dies. Van hater. It was no fucking vans van are hater. Vans are awesome. That guy is not. <laughs> um, but that's exactly what it is though. Like I like the idea that Chucky, and now Tiffany want to build the rep so that it's not just like out of nowhere. It's, it's a matter of like, it's a matter of like, is, get, it's, a, it's almost question, like, right? it's almost like getting your, uh, it's almost like shaking the cobwebs off. But this is the question, right? So is that really what they're doing? Cause this is the thing, right? This gets back to the problem at the core of every child's play movie. They kill the police chief, right? He's snooping around being a fuck, right? They would guaranteed have, the 10 to 30 minutes they need to knock those two out and do the fucking ritual. The movie starts with her from a voodoo for dummies manual, <laughs> right? So now we can all appropriate and mass market back, right. mass market paperback, right? As we do. 
which Dembala wants us to do. He's leading us to slaughter. This was Dembala's great plan was to get into publishing. But anywho, they have the 10 to 30 minutes to take fucking Heigl and uh, Six Pack, beat them down, and do the fucking ritual. Right. And we don't know if Dumbala would grant that wish or not, but they have the fucking time. Right. Why do they keep dragging this out? Maybe, but and it's because they don't know if they want this. And it's not that they don't want the bodies. They, I think Chucky on some level knows he doesn't want her. Right. I think that that's a huge part of it. And I, and it's interesting because like, because is the locket a red herring? I think it is. Cause like the themes from this movie, like, it's weird to say this about a fucking horror movie about two psychotic murdering dolls, but like the themes of these, of this movie about like relationships and what it is that actually, what it is that actually makes you love someone and what it is that actually makes that person meaningful to you is really fascinating and like properly examined in a movie that really it doesn't need to. And again, this is what makes child's play movies. This is surprising is like, those kinds of examinations happen just by just because you have to have those conversations in these kinds of movies. They even have it like Chucky and Tiffany have this fucking conversation in the movie. It's a fascinating thing in the middle of a fucking horror movie about a killer doll. You, you're not going to have generally like, you know, fucking Judd Apatow style conversations about relationships. And yet here we are. Um, well, that that's the thing, though. Right. So getting back to that tub scene. He says he's going to kill her because she has made him suffer these indignations. Right. Why does he bring her back? I don't think. Well, I don't think that's what it is. I think he's. That particularly is about humiliating her. He he, he was humiliated, so he's going to humiliate her back by not just killing really, her. But, I, I got a vibe of misery loves company right well, that he absolutely is, he's 100%. been getting fucking pink socked in and out of this doll <laughs> and he's just living this misery and this torture and here's someone who kind of wants to be around him this is probably the right. first time in a long time this has happened and i think there's a part of him that just tries it on a whim yeah to see if any of this is real at all and i think once it hits i think that chucky is torn in this movie between the Oh, it is kind of nice to not do this alone. Right. Well, right. I think it's I think it's misery loves company. And I think it absolutely. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Like it's misery loves company. And I think it's a matter of misery loving company. And then also be careful what you wish for. Because, yeah, like it would be great to be, you know, fun to be a two hander for a while. You know, that's nice. Yeah. And then you realize that it's not just that it's forever. Like that's what relationships are, especially this kind. So. Yeah. What's interesting is this like sort of buyer's remorse Chucky's almost having throughout most of the movie. And then like she is so much more psychotic than he is. Like, I think that's a really fascinating thing. And obviously it's got its own sort of like it's got its own sort of like feminist and anti-feminist undertones. But like because she's so much crazier than he is in a lot of ways, I think that. He sees like I I think he sees the other side of it. It's almost like staring into a like cracked mirror for him and being like, you know what? I really like doing my thing. I do not like doing this thing. This is not what I'm here for. Well, I think what he looks at Tiffany and she's probably the only person that doesn't look at him as a joke. Once she's in the doll, right? right. She obviously makes a joke out of him before. Sure. 
But there's a little phase there when they're killing Needlenose and the sheriff and this and that, and they're just getting on with it and having like some sitting around and just having chuckles together. Yeah. Right? There's a really long scene. You're like, why is this still going on where they're just laughing together on that bench? Mm-hmm. Right? And they're smoking joints together. They're just having a hang. Having a good time. When did out. Chucky have a hang? He wakes yeah. up and he has one, I got to get a body. Mission, mission, mission. Now he's having a hang. Yeah. And so I think there's a part of that that he likes. And it, again, I think the weird thing is I don't think Tiffany's more psychotic. I think she's scarier psychotic. And that Tiffany seems to well, still I mean. want things. She still has values. Whereas Chucky's just a pure chaos, but she, she still holds Martha Stewart in esteem. She still mentions her mother's philosophies 50 times. Oh, hang on. Her mother's philosophies are fucking terrible. All right. So it doesn't They're really... old timey shit that like I heard growing up. Right. Right. But what it, it makes sense though, that she still has at least some honor code. Because she's only recently a doll. She was a right. person until a day before this movie. But see, so she th- still has this like she thinks there's something to be salvaged. At this point, I think Chucky's like, "Oh, this is house money. I have I have a company now." Right. But see, I think that that's another thing too. Is I I don't consider like Tiffany for me is never a human because she's clearly a monster of some kind. It doesn't matter. Like she'll, she is a serial killer of her own. Yes. Right. Like she's a serial killer of her own ilk. She's a monster in and of herself. Like her humanity is pretty much, it's pretty much a give and take scenario. Anyways, her, well, once you see the crib was a cage. Yeah. And she mentioned her mom. I thought we were going to get the reveal that she killed her mom. I mean, we could always just assume that's the character I was building. That's not what comes to pass in later uh, volumes, but, but like, for me, Tiffany's humanity or like her code of honor or whatever is more just like more. It's more in competition in the awe she has still of Chucky. It's this weird sort of reverence she has for his MO. And I think because Chucky is so Chucky is used to this now. I actually do not think anything. I'll say this. I don't think anything happens to Chucky while he's after he's been killed. I don't think his soul goes anywhere. I think it literally just lies in wait in the body itself. You think it's a blink and he blinks back up? He's like, I'm back. I do. I mean, like, I, I, I can't imagine it being. I think that would be far more devastating. And that's why when he wakes up, the first thing he wants to do is kill something. Like, Well, he that, does say he says, I because this one has that, like, horrifying. Now he's more accepting his lot in life. Yeah. Where at the end in the grave, he's, you know, I always come back. I like, always wow, that come is, back. That is like a depressing self-awareness, right? Yeah, yes. And he just goes, but dying's a bitch. Kind of sad and defeated. And I was like, but why is dying a bitch? Because it's black. It's blank. It's nothing. Like, I I do think Charles Lee Ray is- You think a serial killer needs constant sensory input? For being a voodoo practitioner, I think truly the scariest thing for Chucky is the blankness of it all. Like, the utter bleakness of knowing that- he was able to cheat death. Charles Lee Ray cheated death and put himself in this husk of a nothing. Figured out a way to keep going. He's not even been to the other side. That's yeah. the terrifying part. There is no other side. So if he hasn't seen anything, he knows there's no other side. He just has to sit in this what body. he has? But he hasn't. And his body's changing every time he comes back, too. So that's another wrinkle this one adds because in this we've seen chucky bleed right right 
This one, we see Tiffany start to cry, right? Mm -hmm. They have an actual... When she has that awesome, she throws the champagne glass and the swingers get impaled on Love the fucking... That shit. Hey, do you want to fuck and get seasickness? Waterbeds. Waterbeds. Also, waterbeds, everyone else is fucked on, so it'll like be extra sticky. Yeah. And she kills those people. You're like, awesome. And Chucky drops to a knee. He's like, I love you. He right. bites the ring off, and he gives her the ring. She cries. We haven't seen them cry yet. So you're like, that's another internal well, organ system that's developing. And then immediately after, we also have never seen them fuck either. And Oh, my, my God. That scene was fucking hilarious. I mean... How do you not laugh? Like there's the shadow just, humping is it's perfect. So good. It's but that's what I mean. They they know where they're at. And what's funny in classic child's play fashion, that's fucking scary. Oh, it's terrifying. There's and they nothing... just gave up on their mission and just kept fucking and making a new super evil doll every two days. They would overrun the world. I agree. Like fucking Xenomorph doll. If Chucky and Tiffany became the fucking new Adam and Eve in this fucking water cesspool, waterbed cesspool, right? With all the fucking sperms flying around everywhere already, became the new Garden of Eden where right. they were just sending out demon dolls everywhere. By the way. Because just do the math. If they had a kid in what, a day? They had a day. So. So that. So after a week, you've got seven kids. They all start having, boom, new race is taken over. So Absolutely. now they're not the dolls. They're the super species. Right. We're also, gone. You know, I got to shout out Kathy Najemi as the housekeeper. Like, oh, I didn't, yeah. I totally forgot she was in this movie. And I was like, hey, you Kathy think this Najemi. is the Sanderson sisters hell? Well, <laughs> <laughs> she I, rode the vacuum, remember? I legitimately thought that I was just like, is this going to be a thing? Like, is she, cause like, you don't just throw that's Kathy such a Jimmy. waste. Such and a yeah, waste. I'm like, you just throw Kathy to Jimmy. I'm like, Oh, that's it. She just screams in the scenes over. Whatever. It's fine. She should have been the swinger lady. That would, she didn't even get a way. good, you know, like Ritter gets such a great kill. She didn't even get a good kill. But yeah, She got nothing. She just walked in. What a waste. But yeah, so that all that, all that doll making, uh, brings, I mean, now they, wait, I have to ask you this, though, because this race is another horrifying. Not only could they have been the Adam and Eve of a new super species, right? This raises a really important question that we haven't broached yet. I can't believe it. Did the good guy corporation make a doll with a dick and another one with a vagina? Or are these little malformed no. growths? Because in the seed of Chucky, we see there's definitely a dong. So there's a penetrative act. So uh, is this a growth that Dumbala gifted him as he kept coming back? It's not a gift. It's a matter. Like, remember in the first one, they said he's like, as, as long as he stays in the body, he starts becoming more human. Right. That's what it is. But Chucky never, like, acknowledges his crank in the previous two sequels. I mean, what was the point? There was nothing to crank. But there was. But there wasn't. And we find out. Fucking Barbie the next didn't one show that up. He can crank. It's he can crank to his handiwork. Okay, well, I don't know. I you know <laughs> that was a good pun. Something I something tells that. me Don Mancini cut often the uh, Chucky masturbates in blood to. Uh, well, something tells me that my bride and seed. He's like, actually, I want that a lot. Yeah, he was saving. <laughs> but I'm it, saying because that's what I'm saying. Was this a little fucking evil malformed gift from the black 
black arts, right? That you got the dark black magic gives you a little malformed I, nub. I think it just became a thing because of the magic itself. The nature of the magic obviously provides. That like, tells you something also about well, then you see, But see, like, remember when you see in, in Seed at the very beginning when um, the engineer's going in the back and it's all blood and yeah. guts. That's but see, that's it. a new wrinkle as well. And also in that one, you're like, I could see why a, a effects guy built a dong. But this is a doll who, come on, even as bad as the good guys ooh, will. And the ooh. number of kids that would have do been dead think, by their products. Come on. Do you think when Tiffany was remaking him, she added the dong? You think Tiffany sewed a dong up on that? Did she sew a dong up Whoa, on Chucky? That's a great theory. Then how did she I'm get her? Saying. How did she get hers? I think hers came. That's of, a magical. I think hers magical came vagina. of magic. But do you think wow. maybe, maybe okay? Maybe now this the, is Virgin Mary shit, right? So he he so gifted upon the world this womb right. to make so a evil. <laughs> let's say let's go. Let's roll with the theory that <laughs> Tiffany sewed a dong onto Chucky. Do you think yes, part of her? Theory. Do you think part of her magic, the magic she receives to become the Tiffany doll, yeah. is also to become anatomically correct as well? Or is Dumbala trying to punish them? Right. Is that, well, that's what I'm saying. Is that part of the punishment because Whoa. Chucky like so Chucky violates yeah. the magic to begin with? Chucky's reconstituted, yep. and she provides him with this, you know, doll dong. And then, do you? <laughs> she should have just given him like a fucking rager, <laughs> just like <laughs> a fucking. It would have been so much funnier just if Chucky's like, I need another overall pantaloon. You know what would have been awesome is actually if he had like <laughs> if it would have been like a lead pipe and he had like ripped it off and killed someone and be like, fuck, that is awesome. Well, that, I'm just that... like, if she was gonna use it, like <laughs> Right. So like if she had maybe then Dumbala's curse on both of them yeah. is well, because he even says he's like, I'm feeling a little bit like right. Pinocchio over the here. The curse on both of them is this human instinct to fook. That's what it is. Yeah. And yes. give birth to this fucking demon seed that can will we, rage forth from the garden. Can we please talk? It's my favorite scene in the movie. But hold on. Let me do this real quick. So do you think, because the Pinocchio thing becomes funny too, because it's the symbolism of when he gets stiff, he's lying. Right. Right. Had that happened to him before? No, not that I know of. I don't think so. Wow, I think this is a new addition. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. I like this. Uh, you want to jump? Yeah, there's some teen hijinks. Uh, yeah, the teens like, all hate each other. It. Like, everybody hates each other. There's knives thrown. That it's poor uh, super good best friend who comes to save the two people that are shitty lovers. Gets fucking gets obliterated. obliterated by a truck. That God bless sucks. it. I, look, I, I've, I've seen it in a lot of movies. I love, like, people being exploded by cars i don't know why that's just like one of my favorite effects in movies um but we got to talk about the the ending where and actually i was i texted you i was like this just feels like a humanoids rip like it was great it was just like so the cop that shows up we have like the a repeat of no of child's play one where he's like no one's gonna believe you guys that this happened mm -hmm. after she like blows away chucky and then the cop basically has like plays chicken with himself where he's like going to touch Tiffany's face. 
she freaks out and wakes up. She's been like burned alive pretty much. And yes. then I'm not going to lie. I got nauseous when she fucking like her. I don't know what you want to call it, but her water breaks or something explodes out of her nethers onto this guy's face. And I'm just like, Oh my God. A little just razor tooth just demon razor thing. tooth little demon doll claws his way out of her and I'm just like holy shit. I'll bet if that kid would have been born in the back of the van, Chucky's like we're doing this forever. Yeah. Then we would have had the Garden of Eden. But this is the thing, right? Because one of the things I'll really take from this, there's a really small moment right after the, the best friend gets smashed by the truck, right? Mm-hmm. So they're the dolls have now revealed themselves. So we're in like this multiple person standoff, right? With dolls right. and humans. Love it. Absurdity. It's funny. When they start driving, Chucky, door open in the middle of broad daylight, shooting at a cop car who just stops. He probably is like, what the fuck did I just see? I'm out. <laughs> the smartest character in Child's Play history is that cop. So I don't think we see him explode or anything. He's just like, oh, fuck this. No, just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm going to go back and mop that crime scene up and just not do whatever's happening in that van. But he's like laughing, and that's that's a level of audacity that we rarely get on camera from Chucky. And I think there is a now I have dropped a load. I've dropped a cosmic load. I've been saving up tension for years. He right. feels empowered to do more of this, right? Right. And we see that juxtaposed with Tiffany's, oh, I'm making Swedish meatballs and this and that. They bring it up in the fighting over the dishes thing. Mm-hmm. And you see this thing ripped asunder, right? And Tiffany gets burnt to ash and she tells Catherine Heigl in this kind of seven samurai shot that was really beautiful. Yeah. You know, you're a lucky girl. So there's something extra going on with her. Mm-hmm. And we get this amazing shovel fight that's shot beautifully. And it's just this. She has this really interesting and poignant moment where because this this ending has two really insanely good visuals, which is her and Chucky fighting with the shovels. Yep. And she's just like, look at us. This is fucking great. This is her first foray, right? Chucky's like, this is my fourth fucking go around. This is old hat for Chucky. Yeah, I've done all this philosophizing when I'm in the the fucking, you know, upside down or whatever. Like, I get it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And she can't handle it. And she wants to save the kids or whatever. She's like, get the fuck out of here. We deserve to be dead. And they're just fucking going at it and fighting. And it's awesome. And then you mix that with. We get this amazing scene of Chucky witnessing his own corpse as they dig up his body. And that scene I thought was surprisingly awesome because it really solidifies this final all the way separating from the Charles Lee Ray myth, right? Because Charles play has always been working towards this. He is Chucky. He is not Charles Lee Ray, the shore Lakeshore strangler or whatever. He is Chucky. And in this moment, he literally looks upon the remnants of this old life and this old thing. And I think he's finally now ready to just be this incarnate doll. And I think that's why he says, I always come back. And when he dies, there's this fucking awesome shot where the heads fall together. And I was like, they're doing some really good work in this finale. It's really interesting. Totally. I yeah that is one of my I love that shot in the movie when he falls into the grave with surprisingly still a full head of hair on uh, Brad Dorif's uh, uh, body, but um, those were those were plants. Those were plugs. That's what it was. They're just the plugs. Yeah, it's it does a lot of work, and I think like that's what makes 
it's what makes these kinds of movies worth watching is like when that kind of stuff happens, which isn't emotional per se, but like triggers a little bit of something where you're just like, Whoa, like these could go on forever. Like he knows like the knowledge that you will not die. And like this, like the knowledge you will not die because the inevitability of people being dumb and like showing up and doing something stupid. Like, I, I, that's what I love about Chucky is Chucky's like foreknowledge of how dumb people are. He's like someone, some idiot is going to show up and dig me out of this. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to come back. That's all it is. It's the hell of his own choosing. Yes. But not only that in this go around, he's learning his body can get high, can get an erection, can come. We see Chucky grappling with, if not romance, lust. He at least at one point seems to be enjoying the thought of being married. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing Chucky do some other things. And it's weird because the endings, which are always just, all right, we're going to walk around a fun looking set piece (laughs) and Chucky's going to get ripped asunder, right? That's how they go. Him and Tiff clashing shovels just works more. Cause that's the thing. I think, I think bride's bride of Chucky to me is very flawed. But it's very interesting, right? Because I think Catherine Heigl and Six Pack are just, I mean, they're just insufferable in this movie. They're so hard to spend time with. Um, You know, and the other good actors in the movie didn't really get any time to do anything. Right. So it is just this obnoxious, this is just, you're like, there's not one character I enjoy, especially coming off three where we had really good characters. It just felt hard, but the Chucky and Tiffany dynamic becomes so fascinating. And I'm, I'm not kidding you. The I remember the first time someone's like, we're going to watch the bride of Chucky. And I saw Tiffany on the cover. I remember being a teenager. It's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yep. Like, this is what Chucky's up to. Like, this is why they brought it back. I couldn't fathom that it would be good or interesting. And I mean, it's just, it is both. It's beyond. I think I cannot, stop thinking about it after I watch it for a couple days. Cause there's so much extrapolating out of two sentient dolls that can fucking reproduce. And this, <laughs> this intermingling of the hells and their fates and their past. It's, it's just this really big kind of epic story crammed in this little fucking stupid teen lifetime romance movie. That is not good. Right. And <laughs> to me, it, it just, it works. Yeah. Like Chucky and Tiffany just murder and overcome all of the shit in the movie I hate to where it becomes this really fun entry into the series. And as you said, Don Mancini did just say, hey, fuck it. We're going for it in yeah. this really strange big way is just really fun to take in. I agree. It's it's a blast, man. I cannot imagine a better way to reignite interest in the series than Brian yeah. and Chucky. And the greatest ending in the series. That final. So good. All right. That's it for Bride of Chucky. We'll be back tomorrow. Brace thyself. Gird thy rubber loins uh, for the seed of Chucky. Banana Town. We're going full banana cray cray town on uh, the next Child's Play Seed of Chucky. Guys, thank you so much for being with us. We know it's a ton of pods. We appreciate that you take this dive into the horror beast with us. Again, make sure you join our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Film Alchemist Pod. 
You can join us for as little as a dollar a month. Get in the community for a little bit more. You can begin to curate the episodes that you want specifically. Vote on other episodes. we got a ton of good content coming. Join the fun. Make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you find the pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Find us on all the socials you're on. More than anything, guys, thank you so much. We look forward to October all year long. This we is put in a lot of work a for this. And you guys always deliver and make it so worth our already time. Already, so. I'm excited for the rest of the Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you. Well, we'll see if you thank us tomorrow as we do Seed of Chucky. <laughs>